Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. On Exploring Missions, we're always looking for opportunities to share with you what you might do to be involved on the Great Commission. And a lot of times we look at the Great Commission and say, well, I need to go to China, I need to go to Africa, and that may be the case. But it may be you might just go to a, a office uh, in your town somewhere in your county where their lives are being saved and ministered to. We call them crisis pregnancy centers. And these crisis pregnancy centers many times are winning more people to the Lord uh, than many of the local churches. And uh, we're, we're going to be involved in that. And we're going to interview someone that has a connection with him and is able to observe what God is doing throughout the country because he's been invited to speak at many of the fundraisers to try to help those crisis pregnant centers remain open and serve people. And so our guest today is J.J. Jasper. Welcome, J.J. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you, Brother Bert. Well, it's good to have you. And just let's talk about personal. You and I have known one another for quite some time. We moved to the same town, and I was at a local Christian radio station. You were a local pastor, so way back in the 80s, we became fast friends, and I'm, I've been one of your biggest fans to see how God used you in the ministry. How many years were you a pastor? I was pastoring for 38 years, and I pastored that local church here in Tupelo for 28 years. Right. And I was youth minister there two years before that, so... 30 years, a little over 30 years spent in one church and ministering and serving, and it was a joy. But I, I just want to tell you, brother, uh, I have awakened these last 35-something years, most of the time listening to J.J. Jasper on the radio. Well, I tell you, the Lord is good. He is faithful, and I'm so thankful he put us together. I always admired watching the church that you pastored, how you canvassed the neighborhood, uh, sharing the gospel. Anytime there was a concert, anytime there was a rally, a crusade, the church you pastored was always right in the thick of things. So yeah, I'm thankful for Christian Radio, for the church, and then as you mentioned, for the pregnancy resource centers out there doing a doing a tremendous job. They are, and and again, we wanna we're gonna get to there, but we're gonna take a journey uh, to make sure people know why. The passion is there for you. Uh, it has always been, but sometimes they're multiplied because of events in our lives. And, and I can honestly say that's happened to me as well. And uh, as I have I've known, you know, pro-life, those children, those unborn children were precious. But uh, when you have some experiences in your life, it even becomes greater and so we want to talk about that, but we want to talk about you. You're not only the radio host here on 
AFR, uh, 45-something different stations. And then on Fridays, Trivia Friday, it's all the network there. Learning University. Learning University. (laughs) I've had the privilege of being on that a couple of times. Yes, sir. And uh, I always enjoy that. It's a privilege to do so. You're a speaker, and that's what we're going to come to. But you're also an author. Yes, sir. But tell us Uh, a little bit, Not the the two that kind of – preceded the the main one that really ministers to people. The first one that came out, Moses was a basket case, hilarious, true stories to encourage and inspire. And then um, uh, the book, Losing Cooper, Finding Hope to Grieve Well. And then another book that was uh, mostly for fun, Jonah had a whale of a time, random true, true, true stories to encourage and inspire. And we've had a lot of fun, a lot of success with those books. And Laughter's good medicine. Amen. But the book about grieving, of course, is uh, is serious, and it's been used as a tool and a resource to help people who have lost loved ones. You know, uh, when I hear those two things, the joy of laughter and the sorrow of grieving, as pastor, I experienced that so many times on the same day with our congregation, going to the same hospital and visiting someone whose baby has just been born, and they're so excited, their first child, everything went well, <clears throat> go down the hallway and visit someone that very same day that went in, and their child did not make it. They lost their child. And so you go from one extreme to another. That's kind of that's life, isn't it? Well, a little bit of whiplash for you pastors. You've just given us one more reminder why we should pray for our pastor. And I'm so thankful that you have the fishbowl retreats, you and your sweet wife, Jan, and how you work as a liaison between American Family Association and pastors and first responders, police officers. I, I don't know how you go and work a wreck, do like you said. You you celebrate a baby being born, go to the next floor and try to comfort a family that's lost a, a close loved one. How do you go home and just try to flip a switch emotionally and be there for your uh, wife and kids? So, yeah, pray for pray for your local pastor. Pastors are uh, they're on twenty four seven. They're mm-hmm. always on call. They are, and uh, even this morning, uh, not pastoring full time, but still pastoring. You get a call about a death. You get a call about a marriage that needs some help. And uh, pray for your pastors. You're right, JJ. It is. Uh, it's an unusual load because uh, people want you to invest in them, and good pastors do invest their lives in their people. Amen. So we pray. But the the book Losing Cooper, um, again, that book has ministered to so many people. Matter of fact, uh, just the other day on exploring. The Word, the other program that I do, I recommended uh, Losing Cooper and uh, to, a, to a person who had lost a loved one. And so there, it's real. But here's my experience, uh, J.J., and then I want you to speak to it. Uh, as a pastor, I've gone to the hospital, to the emergency room, the intensive care, and, and ministered to people who were hurting. But what I found out, if someone who had already gone through what the people who were going through that I was visiting, it's like all of a sudden Pastor Harper becomes secondary to that individual who has gone through that before and is there to prove that you can survive. Mm. And losing Cooper, uh, you know, you could have many names, but survival is one of them. And sometimes 
you just keep your head above water, and then sometimes it gets better. But it's, it is tough, especially in those early, early, early years right after the tragedy, isn't it? Right. And, uh, you know, in Corinthians, it talks about how we comfort those with the comfort we ourselves have received from the Lord. And, and you're exactly right. If you've gone through something, then as you start to share your hope in the Lord and the faithfulness of God and let people know there's help and hope through a relationship with Jesus Christ, well, if you've gone through a similar struggle— then you've earned the right to be heard. And I think we should tell the listeners the book that you're talking about, that we're talking about losing Cooper, finding hope to grieve well. Melanie and I, we lived on a farm. We had three girls, one little boy. Tragically, our only son at the time died in an accident, just a a freak accident and a dune buggy rollover. And so, you know, one minute, all is well with our life. And in just an instant, instant, the bottom just fell out of our world. Our whole world turned upside down, and it was all we could do just to put one foot in front of the other for, for many, many months. And people, I, it's still available. Yes. Uh, and let me suggest getting that book uh, for yourself, but also have it ready for someone that you love and and make it you have to. I think you have to give it to them at an appropriate time. That's right. Uh, you don't give it to them the next day after the after the memorial service, but in a week or so, uh, they're ready to hear from something, aren't they? JJ, would you You're right. would you say that? Yes, Am sir. I right on, yes, on that? Yes, you That's are. That's just observing from pastoring people, and uh, you know, right after it, they're hurting so bad. I'm not sure they can absorb anything that quickly. You're exactly right, and uh, interestingly. Probably 90% of the people that we hear comments, and we've heard from hundreds and hundreds of comments from people who said the book helped them get over a, cor- over a hump in their grieving or turn a corner, and they said somebody bought the book and gave, the, gave it to them. So that you're exactly right. A friend or a church member or a co-worker, they'll purchase the book for someone that's lost a grandparent or the, their spouse or a parent or a child, and... Uh, and, the, and timing is everything. So in the very, very earliest weeks when the grieving is so raw, yeah, you you want to wait a little bit. And then uh, uh, we've heard, just heard how the Lord's really used the book and the, the video, the, the movie, Flame On. On, American Family Association. They approached us only a couple of months after the accident, which in full disclosure, c- close relatives, they said, boy, that seems uh, insensitive for them to, to do this just two months after the accident. But they said they wanted it to be in real time. They wanted the grieving and the hope that we offered to be authentic and not 10 years removed where it just seems real sanitized. And they were very ginger. Uh, they gingerly said, if and when you're able to do this, because the, the leadership at American Family Association, they said, we tried to find resources to give you, you know, because you lost a child. And there's not a lot out there. We just discovered there's there's not a lot of resources for parents who have lost a small child. It's every parent's worst nightmare. And they said, we've noticed that you haven't turned to drugs or alcohol. You're not bitter or angry at God. You're still going to church. Your marriage is strong. And I did not know that 89% of marriages fail. Just round that up. Let's say 90% of marriages fail when there's a, the death of a small child. So uh, they said, if and when you're able to do this, we'd like to, to uh, make this movie a documentary. Uh, and number one, we want to give it away and not sell it 
And number two, we just want people to know there's hope on the other side of tragedy. I remember watching it the first time, and you could see how raw it was even then that you and Melanie would would just share your heart and the pain, but also some of the help that people came alongside. And it wasn't necessarily what they said, but it was their presence. Right. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like the presence of the Lord. Uh, I, I know the Lord has something to say to me, but more important than what he says is knowing he's there. Mm. And that a preach right there. It, it does, yeah. and, and that's experience, but also observation. And so people say, well, I'm not going to go to him because I don't know what to say. You don't have to say anything. Just be there. Just your presence will speak volumes. In fact, less is more at, at times like that. Okay. And, and so that made you— you were already pro-life. You were already involved. But having that child, that dug in a little deeper about pro-life, did it not? We were very passionately pro-life uh, as a family, and we didn't think we could be any more pro-life. But but when you lose your only son, um, it, just, it just took the price of life, how precious life is. It just took it to the next level. And so that old adage about... Um, you don't know what you have until you lose it. Maybe that came into play. But we, uh, after losing our only son, there just to be, seemed to be more passion. And I was already getting invitations to, uh, to speak at Pregnancy Resource Center banquets, and they were, they were always successful. Years and years ago, I remember Dr. John Wilkie and the right to life, and I, and I remember sort of um, evolving in, in my passion for the pro-life uh, you know, cause and I have to admit, I haven't always been passionately pro-life. Brother Bird, if I can back up a little bit, I waited for many years to get married, and I, I think I might have been the oldest teenager in America. I just wanted to <laughs> run and play and hang out with my buddies, and my friends would get married, and we'd say, ah, you know, another one bites the dust. They're out of commission. Then they would add, in, they would add insult to injury. They'd have a baby. Well, then you know you'd never see them again playing ball or, you know, or doing the things, you know, riding motorcycles, water skiing. And, and I would run into my friends and run into people that I would meet. I'd find out that they were great athletes. And, you know, I played in high school, then I was community college, then a four-year school. And I just kept getting all these accolades. And what happened? Tell me what happened next. Huh. Got married, had a baby. It's all over. And that was the case if they were trying to get their pilot's license or building a race car. I'd get so excited they'd take me right up to their part where they were just about to have a breakthrough. What happened? Huh. I got married, had a baby. And in my mind, it was like that old ball and chain. And, and I thought for many years, even as a Christian young man, I thought that babies were spoilers because I'd hear, well, you can't have any nice furniture. They've just got sticky fingers. They're so expensive. And I'll have to say because of that, I was deceived and did not realize how wonderful and miraculous and incredible babies are. And so after getting married, having children, then, you know, I'm just like you couples listening when you've stood in the doorway and you've looked in there and you've got the, the newborn baby in the, in the uh, baby bed. And it's just the wonder. And, and the, yeah, it's, it's just overwhelming. You say, God, how big are you to make something so tiny and yet, the, the baby has so much love and innocence, and they're so pure and such a zeal for life and a zest for learning. And how does God put that much love in such a tiny container? Wait, let me share with you. Grandparenthood is coming your way. Guess what? It multiplies 
<laughs> I hear that. I hear that. And and listen, children are are great. They're a heritage under the Lord. Psalm one thirty seven, Luke eighteen sixteen. Jesus called the children to him and said, "Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs such as these. Children are precious to the Lord." You're exactly it, right. It, it is great. And as as you grew and you became more passionate. God has given you three children since the death of Cooper. That's right. We, uh, you know, I'll be invited. I'm a frequent speaker at Pregnancy Resource Center banquets, and then, uh, you know, before long in the presentation, I'll, I'll, you know, I say, I think you made the right choice to bring me here. I'm the father of seven children. Um, we've lost a child, you know, which adds a layer to our, our pro-life story, and then we have a child with special needs. So our little boy that we have Bodie, he has Down syndrome, and I think now it's like 95% when it, someone finds out prenatal testing that, that, they, that their child that they're carrying has Down syndrome, up to 95% that they abort the baby. And the joy and the love that we've experienced from our, experienced from our sweet Cooper, I do not have the words uh, to share how much joy he brings Bodie us. Bodie just brings it. Uh, you know, I listen to you coming into work just about every morning, and uh, you have some jokes. You have the top three or ten list. My favorites are the Bodie stories. Oh, thank I have, you. I, I just want to tell you. Thank you, brother. Uh, I relate, not not as, but I had a cousin. Uh, his name was Bobby, uh, Down syndrome, and our three sons would get ready to go to the family reunion, and they'd say, is Bobby going to be there? <laughs> and I'd say, yeah, he's going to be there. Let's go. Yeah. You know, there, yes. there's a special. You talk about special needs. Right. There's some special personality that God's given them that draws people in as well. I mean, I'm just— and Yes, yes, you're, you're exactly right. That extra chromosome, my wife Melanie, she says she thinks it's a, a happy chromosome <laughs> because we'll all be too hot— and somebody will say, look at Bodie, and we'll look back there. We'll all be complaining. He, he's just back there smiling, relaxed, just chill. We'll be freezing. Oh, man, it's so miserable. How can it How can it be so cold? Somebody will say, look at Bodie, and he's just relaxed and just smiling. We're already learning more from him than we'll probably ever yeah. teach him. So, yeah, as a father of seven children, um, losing a tragically losing a child and, and experiencing the grace to, to get through that, and then now with a, a child with special needs, a lot of layers to our, our pro-life story. And, you know, there's so much in the Bible that's pro-life. Uh, in the Bible, we read, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Psalm 139, verses 15 and 16. So, you listening right now, you are precious in the sight of God. You were created in His image. You have value. You are not an accident. You were made by God, and you are loved by God. And those little babies that, that are being saved at the pregnancy resource centers across the country, listen, in Psalm 127, you referred to this earlier, Brother Bert, the world says that children are burdened or bothered, just like I was uh, being led to believe that they were spoilers. You know, you, you they ruin your figure, you ladies. You can't have any nice furniture. They're too noisy, too expensive. Well, 
the world says they're a burden, they're a bother, they're in the way, they're underfoot, you should just abort the baby. God's Word says that they're our heritage. He says that they're a blessing. He says that they're a reward and a gift from his own hand. So do we believe the secular media? Do we believe the liberals? Liberals, Or do we we believe the one who invented life, the author and creator of life, who says that children are our heritage, they're a blessing, they're a reward and a gift from his own hand? And he is the authority. He is. You know, I I just want to speak as an adult with three grown sons, what a joy it is to be able to do a project with them. What a joy it is to get on the phone and and talk with them. How was your day? I mean, children are a heritage, and, and, and that's what it is. So the passion for life grew. Yes. Through through difficulty and tragedy. That's right. And then having a family of my own, as you mentioned, you know, just uh, your family starts to grow. You come home from work, and especially when the little ones, uh, when when they were little, uh, one of the children, you know, you have a stressful day. One of my children would would see me, and they'd say, Daddy's home. And there'd just be the stampede of little ones come down the hall, and they surround me. And your troubles or the stress from the day would just melt. Mm-hmm. And I was late coming to the party. I'm married late. We started our family late. But I remember on a summer night, you know, we'd just be in the floor, just, you know, playing Candyland with the children, sitting on the porch swing, sitting in, on the, you know, on the deck. And you don't have to get in a long line and spend a bunch of money if you're with family. If you're with your spouse, if you're with children, grandchildren, those relationships that God has trusted you with, I mean, there's just so much joy, and there's just so much from the Lord Amen. to make that special. They're treasures. Yes. Today on Exploring Missions, we're interviewing <clears throat> J.J. Jasper. He's a radio here on AFR. He's a speaker. He's an author. But we want to zero in on his speaking right now. And uh, by the way, people are listening to you, and you go to the the, the pregnancy resource centers, how can people contact you to let you know? You do more than that, but that has become, uh, I, I guess, the greatest source of of your speaking uh, in the last year or two. Well, you're right. Probably in the last uh, eight or ten years, okay. it just seems like more and more um, uh, open doors, but they can go to jjjasper.com, jjjasper.com. Uh, if I can just share something pro, uh, pro-life and then and then uh, speak to that. Go right ahead. Um, the, uh, of, of course, uh, we're convinced that January the 22nd, 1973, was a sad day for America, and the Roe v. Wade decision, Supreme Court justices voted 7-2 to two that the Constitution gives us the right to shed innocent blood. Tragically, today in the, in the United States, Nearly every third pregnancy ends in abortion. Every year, more unborn children die from abortion than Americans died in the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, World Wars I and II, the Korean, Vietnam, and Persian Gulf Wars combined. God help us. Please pray for the Holocaust of abortion to end. All life is precious in the sight of God from conception to natural death, And if you're listening right now and you've had an abortion, please know that this is not an attempt to judge or condemn you. Please realize that God's grace and forgiveness are available to you. You can be healed and completely forgiven. God wants to help you, restore you, and make you whole. 
Uh, eight or ten years ago, Brother Bird, I started getting invitations to come and speak at Pregnancy Resource Center banquets. I was already doing stand-up comedy, and I speak a lot at radio events and just a wide range of things, wild game suppers, um, Valentine, men's, men's Valentine. ministry, Valentine <laughs> banquet, Christmas yeah. banquet. You're exactly yeah. right. Well, I would speak at a Pregnancy Resource Center banquet, and then they would contact me afterwards and say, hey, we want you to know that we have been uh, doing this for 20 years, and this was the largest crowd we ever had and the most money we ever raised. Well, then the next one would be in Kansas, and the next one would be in Iowa and Texas. And probably eight out of ten times I would get this call or they'd email and say, hey, we just want you to know we're still talking about this because this was the largest crowd we've ever had, the most money we've ever raised. Mm Well, my wife, if you stick around long enough, you'll realize, men, that your wife, your wives, they know things, and they get it usually before the men do. But she started to tell me, you know, the Lord's given you special favor at these because this seems like this is eight out of ten times that that there's, you know, what these folks are saying. She said, you need to find out how to get your name in the hat because who would not want you to come to Florida or Pennsylvania or somewhere you know, with that kind of uh, favor from the Lord, that kind of success. And sure enough, that same story, I've heard that from Pennsylvania and Iowa and uh, Missouri and Kansas. And so I'm so grateful that the Lord is opening those doors, and he, he continues to do that. And if I may mention, October the 1st, I'll be in Great Falls, Montana, the Echoes Pregnancy Resource Center there. October the 13th, uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, Options for Women, Help for Families. October the 27th, Heartland Pregnancy Care there in Newton, Kansas, for their banquet. Now, because of the coronavirus, the, the, they're spaced out, limited seating. They're not able to have the crowds that they have in previous years. So if you're interested in attending, you might want to do that quickly. The need is still there, though. The need the is still there. The financial need is That's still right. there in these uh, resource centers. That's right. And... Uh, and I was uh, I was in uh, recently I was in in um, let's see in in Mississippi in the spring right before the the virus hit, and it was the a record uh, amount of, of giving. Well, then there, as the country started opening up a little bit, I was in Missouri and they had nearly as much money as they raised last year with half the crowd, right. and so they were only able to have a limited number. So. Boy, God's faithful, isn't he? He, is. he He always is. So, yeah, October the 1st, Great Falls, Montana. October the 13th, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. October the 27th, Newton, Kansas. And I would appreciate prayers because, boy, these pregnancy resource centers, they are they are saving babies. They're rescuing these little ones that and, don't have and, a voice. And the women, many of the women are being saved, exactly J.J. Exactly right. That's, that's one reason we yes. wanted this on because this is missional. Missions, And yes. we would say to the local churches there in Montana, Missouri, and Kansas, get involved with that Absolutely. resource center, and, and you'll see people's lives change. They need volunteers and so, diapers, yes. uh, people demand the phones, counselors. You're exactly right. The need is great, and you have a pregnancy resource center in your town That's or right. nearby. And so they would love for you to drop off some diapers, pray for them, help them uh, a monthly, even if it's just a little bit. And, uh, yeah, they're, what a great ministry. Amen. They're saving babies. They're treating these women with dignity and respect, and they're reaching the men as well. They are. Well, J.J., I want to thank you for being with us. They can reach you at 
What? What? JJJasper.com. JJJasper.com. That's pretty easy. Three J's, man. I can keep <laughs> up with that. Again, thank you, JJ. Brother Burke, thank you again for who you are and what you do. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. We pray that God would use you on his mission to save souls. Get involved.